part of life is learning when to move on from things. And I have discovered for myself that moving on is the most difficult part of life for me. Um, any relationship and any capacity that you take time to build into, when you lose it, it hurts, regardless of whether you were at fault or somebody else was at fault. And that has nothing to do with book marketing that I know of, but it's what's on my mind at the moment. Um, marching forward, I've got uh, a bit of a man crush on Alex Hermosi. He does a lot of content about marketing, and one thing I've been thinking a lot about recently that he talks about is doing the work regardless of how you feel about it. Um, it's almost contrary to what I've really been thinking a lot about in the past probably four or five months. Um, I think that there's a blend between the two uh, opposites, but right now I'm doing the work even though I don't feel like doing the work and getting some results and um, I think it's good to know that even when you don't feel like putting in the time, if you choose to put the time in, you will see progress. And that has everything to do with marketing. So uh, this is a season for me of losing some relationships, one of the most important relationships in my life. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what that is. And uh, it's also a season of understanding that I need to move forward into relationships with people and entities, <laughs> I don't know how to say that, that uh, 100% support and want me to step into the next season of my life and that I can support and learn from and help build into. That's challenging. And there are a lot of people who will look at you when you are in a growth mode or trying to become something new and they'll think that you are fickle or... <sighs> What are the other words? I mean, fickle is pretty much the worst word, in my opinion, in the English language. Um, it means you don't stick with people or things or entities. I don't know. Anyways, this has been a weird intro, but those are the thoughts on my mind. And today's guest is John Hoda. He is an absolutely amazing, inspiring man who had a long career as an investigator, a private investigator, uh, did some police work, and his books are phenomenal. I met him just as I was discovering Robert Galbraith uh, through Robert Galbraith's writing, and wow, just wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. I got so stuck, I read every single one of those books except for The Running Grave, which I still haven't gotten. But everything else I've already read since that interview, and it's been just a few short weeks since we spoke. Uh, so thanks for the recommendation, John, for Robert Galbraith. Also, your book's amazing. And his insight into marketing as an author is bar none the best I've had in a long time. He just had an eloquent, eloquent, elegant, eloquent way of uh, communicating information that was understandable and easily accessible. So you're going to love this episode, learn a lot more about marketing from John A. Hoda. And now. This is TRBM Ammo Edition. If you're a published author and want to make a living writing books and selling them to avid readers, you've come to the right place. There's simply no program that's more successful at driving readers towards the books you've written. So the only thing you have to worry about is writing a great book. And the system with Enamel takes care of the rest. 
Thanks for listening to this conversation. I, I still use my podcast. It, it, it's not necessarily evergreen. Yeah. But here's how I use them. I use them with my Clavio newsletter that yeah. come, that works with the uh, people that buy my or, or obtain my freebies. Mm-hmm. I have two different freebies, one for each uh, series. I have a police procedural series. I have a cozy mystery series. So when they opt from the Facebook ad to get a freebie, they, they give me their email address. They go, and then they go on a uh, email subscription list through Clavio. And I, I do a campaign every week and my, my email campaign is four items, which I feel very uh, genuine about. So it's yeah. not a disingenuous, scammy, salesy newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, the four things are, the first is that in the Clavio newsletter and the templates are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, uh, tell the, tell the readers and people that subscribe to my email about what I'm doing now, my writer's journey, what's going on with me, maybe a paragraph or two. Then I give them a quote from the book that I'm reading right now. So I'm curating within my own genre, police procedurals, cozies, what have you, uh, Val McDermott, uh, Louise Penny, Michael Connolly, you know, the Mm. light ones, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I, I give a little quote, I give their book a little love with a link. And then, uh, the next thing I do is I then, uh, point them to a podcast that I had done previously. And I give the author a little bit of love with, you know, rebroadcasting the podcast, but also by uh, linking to their latest book. So cool. then I email that author, usually best-selling award-winning author. And I say, oh, by the way, just wanted to let you know, I'm replaying our podcast. Uh, it's still as evergreen as ever. And I'm highlighting yeah. the latest book. So to my 3,500 subscribers. So the newsletter is genuine. I do it every week. I try to do it on Tuesdays so that there's a rhythm to it. I do it through Clavio. Then there's a way that I can take that and put it into my Facebook, a Facebook post on my author page. And and the way I do that is when you receive um, your email, uh, from Clavio, and you want to see it in the browser, mm-hmm. you click on the browser and then you highlight the link. Then you can go into Facebook, write your little blurb, and then atta- and then copy and paste that link into the body of your post. And it actually comes up. Facebook, um, Clavio said that you couldn't do it. I figured it out. Weird. Okay. Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, yeah. So it's just a very simple... You know, but you have to go to your browser and, and mm-hmm. click on a link and then attach that link as part of your Facebook post. And then the third thing I do is I go back to my MailerLite account, which was mm-hmm. the original account for my yeah. my favorite detective stories podcast. And I send those uh, 793 people the link to the rebroadcast. But it also is my entire uh, newsletter, yeah. which includes... Oh, by the way, here's my two bundles. <laughs> nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah, That's so, really cool. Yeah. And I'm getting some love that way. I'm I'm definitely getting love through the mail or light to the to the previous people. Hmm. And uh I'm not getting a lot of mad unsubscriptions. So it's like, okay, I'm doing well with that. Yeah. And for me, that's a newsletter that works. 
You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's a great place to talk about too, because I for me, email is still the biggest lag. It's the place I'm doing the worst at. Part of that is because I don't have a ton of books out right now. So um, I have five published books, but um, three of them in one series. I'm actually pre-selling the fourth book in that series as my four book bundle for $14.99. That's, okay. uh, I do direct to sales with ammo um, and it does well. I'm profitable. Uh, I have been for about the last 60 days or so, which is nice. I took a longer time to get there than most people, but I figured it out. Um, and the one area where I think I just can't quite turn the corner is email. And part of that is a, a self-limiting belief that because I don't have anything else to sell them, it's not worth bugging them. Um, so I did have a conversation with a, a young lady just a little bit ago um, about saying, you know, the area where that's a problem is, is that I get people buying my books off of my ad and maybe they browse Facebook then for another 30 minutes uh, and they forget they bought my books. And so I probably have a ton of people who have bought and never even claimed the books just because, you know, they got distracted and I'm not emailing them to remind them I exist. Well, you're Flavio and Flavio, Flavio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flavio, Fabio. Fabio and Flavio Flav. Yeah, put those two guys together. That would be a good Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that would. Anyway, um, in Clavio, uh, the my welcome, thank you, uh, you know, that you're, you know, you're in, mm-hmm. gives them the freebie. But then a couple of days later, I then send out a, oh, by the way, you know, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, here's an opportunity to to buy the bundle. Mm. So it could be that they bought the bundle and haven't uh, exercised it yet. But by just yep. sending that email out, two things happen. One, they had the freebie. There, there are a couple, pay- maybe they're into the freebie already and like your style and we'll do the uh, the rest of the, the series. Or you're reminding them that, hey, they've got that stuff waiting for them from BookFunnel. So yeah. Obviously, it's definitely worth it. Now, here's a little something else what I do, which is kind of interesting. This was an orphan until now, and this is called Mugshots, my favorite detective stories. What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when the time you spend doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shish-goom-bahs tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, highly tested and targeted formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself, where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following and millions of copies sold. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery of not knowing who's reading your books and losing 50 to 70% of your hard-earned money, that you're making through sales. 
ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readership. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. And it's a creative nonfiction. It's eight short stories and eight vignettes from my career as a both as a police officer and insurance fraud investigator, and then as yeah. a licensed PI. So about two or three days after that reminder email about their bundle, I give them a gift. The mm. free book is a gift. Awesome. And what it does is, and this is something you might want to think about, you know, and, or some of your listeners would think about, is a way to, to do a cross-sell is that if they get to know the author and they know the author from like one genre, but there's a chance then that the, the author writes in another genre, is there some sort of a book that is a bridge between them or a novella or a, sh- a collection of short stories that you could do as a thank you? And then three or four days later, you say, oh, by the way, um, if you like that series and you like this book, you might like this one-time offer only to my subscribers. And that's the cross-sell to the other series. Very cool. So, yeah. And then for me, after that, th- keep in mind that those uh, subscribers still receive the weekly email where I curate my journey, uh, who I'm reading, and a, a podcast from a yeah. from awards uh, award. Uh, that right there is the perfect thing and and it's it's so dumb too because i've been i've been looking at this for a long time there's a podcast i really enjoy by a guy named tim ferris he's popular enough most people probably or many people probably know but he does this five bullet friday and like why would i not do five bullet friday or something very similar to it especially because i'm writing in mystery i could literally call it five bullet friday but (laughs) but use a bullet as an actual Well, you know, you you never leave one in the chamber, but anyway, uh, (laughs) right. (laughs) um, I say that jokingly, but um, Ferris was my original guru for, Uh, um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, um, come on. Four hour, five hour work week. Right. And then tools of Titans and, you know, chef and the five hour. Yes. Yeah. I just absolutely love I mean, there's there's not much not to love about Tim Ferriss, actually. He's such a genuine, earnest guy and really giving. It just feels like he has such a heart to give to people. And I think that's why he's built so much. There's such value. And yeah. that, that's the key. What we're both saying is that have a podcast with value. Yeah. Have a get, give things of value in your newsletters, right? I mean, his yeah. newsletters, I, I clicked on his newsletter today about the mm-hmm. Byron Katie uh, book. Mm-hmm. And that's now on my uh, bookmark yeah. because I saw that. And this is somebody I've been paying attention to for over 10 years. And if you have 10 years of longevity with somebody, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, writing newsletters, I think the, the key I would say to people is be genuine. Don't be yeah. disingenuous, salesy, scammy. Give value. Yeah. No, we all take, we all determine what value is. Yeah but give value. And then that way um, you're there in people's minds and you're giving them something of value that they're, they appreciate. Um, We both know probably that our Amazon sales for those books have gone up because Mm -hmm. people are maybe a little skittish at the uh, Shopify uh, sales button. page, But they're not afraid to then cut and paste whatever it is and then take it over to Amazon and then buy it there. Uh, certainly not anything to go wrong with that. I, I certainly don't have any problems with that. Um, 
where I tend to offer my links to my readers and subscribers is to thrift books. Um, they, mm. can, they can get uh, hardcover uh, and large print cover um, very inexpensively. And if they want to, you know, at, at the cost that these high yeah. end authors would be selling a uh, an ebook on, Mm. On Amazon. So for me, I, I tend to point them towards thrift. I, do I have a, yeah. a marketing, you know, no, I don't. I mean, I yeah. guess it's a great place to, to send them, but anyway, yeah. I love what you're all about, how technologically LinkedIn you are. It's so important to mention that because I get, even on this podcast with authors who are doing pretty well, we'll say like, I'm just too old to learn the technology. Um, and, and I'm pretty suspicious that you probably know it better than I do. Well, probably not. But uh, I did not grow up with a uh, tablet in my hands. You know, everything was all new. I must tell you that uh, going through the beginning phases of ammo, which is the learning, doing the pixels, getting things set up. I went from a real mindset change from I don't know to I will learn. And I just became stubborn about it. And I learned it. Yeah. And uh, I can't say that I am really sophisticated with this, but these are the tools that we are provided with mm-hmm. to finally make sense of book marketing for indie authors. Does, does that yeah. make sense what I just said? Of course. Um, and it's it's absolutely right. Uh, I, I am preaching to the choir, I know, Jody, but <laughs> until now or until February, Mm-hmm. I got turned on to this by one of the ammo um, evangel- evangelists, uh, Alana Terry. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. I got turned on to it then. You know, okay, it's pricey, but it's priceless. I'm going to say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, it works. And the reason it works is because if you don't know what's working, it's because you, fu- you can zero in immediately on where most likely things are not working and you can fix those things. Yes. Right. Previously, I, Amazon algorithm. Yeah, right. I have a right. better chance of reading hieroglyphics on the side of a. <laughs> um, yeah. The free, the free and bargain book um, newsletter swaps. You know, I wasn't getting the read through. I thought it was my writing. Quite frankly, I would do mm. first in series. I would do second in series. I would yeah. all kinds of test all kinds of um, headlines and blurbs. The only thing I got out of that was um, people going to Amazon and leaving reviews and the reviews were good. So thank, thankfully I got some yeah. value out of that, but what was working? I don't know what wasn't working. I don't know. I was throwing, yeah. I was throwing spaghetti at the wall and didn't know what was even sticking. Yeah. So yeah, I know. So for us, it's just a matter of, okay, I'm getting my sales page up to benchmark. You and I know what that means. Yeah. But now it's time to look at uh, the CTR uh, and the CPC on my Facebook. Yeah. Well, what the hell is that? Well, that that's something right. that, that that's a lever, a couple of levers, and you can test them and you can see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Whereas before, I'll I'll say this further is that maybe some people are daunted about coming into ammo. Maybe some people are saying, "Oh man, this is a lot of work. Oh man, it's expensive. Oh man, it's this or that." I say to them, what's your alternative? Yeah. Can you go yeah. backwards, Jody? Could you go backwards? Could you go back to the old way of doing stuff? Right. 
actually let's let's uh let's throw in a caution right there because i agree with you and i i agree that so much um once you start ammo and you bump your budget up so let's say you start out and you're like all right i'll do i'll do ten dollars a day to see what this whole thing's about i'm gonna spend ten dollars a day on ads and you kind of start to see some things. Maybe you get a sale every other day at that rate. Maybe it's every like third day, but you're like, I didn't used to get a sale every third day. And now I do. And you're losing money. Yep. And you're like, well, geez, what, what do I do? And then and then you get to profitable at 10 bucks and you bump up to 20 and it's the same thing. You start to lose money. You can't go down to 10. You can't like slow down the bleeding. Uh, and, and so there's a caution in there for anybody who joins ammo, you're going to see how effective it is. You're going to see those book sales. You're going to feel that sense of gratitude for readers coming in and knowing, oh, wow. You know, last year I, I managed to sell 20 books this year. I've sold, uh, 20 book deals this week. And that feeling is you're not, you're not turning back from that. And it can, it can cost you money, you know, as you, as you learn how to be more proficient and do it better, there's, there's a cost associated with that. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, I had inadvertently left my phone on, um, not silent, so the opposite of silent, you know, <laughs> N- noise, right? Yeah. About 6.30 this morning, what do I hear from my phone? Cha-ching. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And my wife says, oh, that's another sale. I said, yes. Good <laughs> morning. You know, yes, she gets woken up by what the cha-ching from my Shopify sale that somebody bought one of my bundles. And it was yeah. like, you know, that's a dopamine hit. That's beyond. It you sure know. is. <laughs> you yeah. and I probably have gone through the wars trying to get to the point where we learned about ammo and now we're seeing mm-hmm. progress. So yeah. I got to tell a lot of writers right on the front end. Um, I, I work just as hard on writing the best damn book I can. Mm-hmm. as marketing my books yep. the best I can. And yep. I I joined a study group. I joined a critique group. I, it really elevated my writing. It exponentially yeah. grew my writing. But then after, you know, you get to be a better writer, because you're wondering why you're not getting read-through on the Amazon, you know, first in series or whatever, and you're saying, geez, is it my writing? Well, it doesn't hurt to become a better writer. I mean, it only, yeah. it only helps to become a better writer. Yeah. But then after that, it's the, um, is your cover uh, correct for your genre? Is mm-hmm. it blue? Um, is your title correct for the genre? I mean, yeah. there's a reason why everybody emulates, I don't say borrows or steals, Gone Girl, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah, that absolutely. genre, in that genre, right? There's, you know, there's a reason why there's a Thursday uh, afternoon murder club with Richard Osman and why people, you know, are starting to emulate both that type of the Wednesday night killer club. <laughs> like, hmm. yeah. um, but the titles are important, huge um, descriptions, you know, uh, that's getting easier with chat GPT three and yes. a half or, or turbo. It's mm-hmm. getting a lot easier uh, when you give them the right prompts. It doesn't take very long. And all of a sudden they're spitting out descriptions that say, Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm not afraid to use um, AI for anything related to marketing. But I draw right, the agreed. line. I draw the line on AI for my books, or it goes between mm. chapter one and the end. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's like um, a couple certain baseball players we won't name and <laughs> yeah. roads. All right, it's like okay, you're in the record books, but yeah, mm. yeah. There's. Um, I will tell you. So as far as AI goes, um, I was writing a book, um, and I wanted to channel the kind of 
uh, Raymond Chandler sound a little bit better. I felt like I'd lost it. Uh, so my whole series is hard boiled and I want that kind of like hard boiled sound. And I really channeled it in the first book. I felt like by the third book, I was starting to depart from that tone. I wanted it back. So I just took a couple pages, pasted them into chat GPT and said, please rewrite this in style of Raymond Chandler. I looked over what it had written. There may be some like phrases I kept. Um, and But it really, what it did for me was that it helped me to hear the voice again and and see it uh, related to my work. And then from there, I didn't go back. You know, you just go in and start really like channeling that voice again and, and doing that. So I think AI is really a really cool tool. And I don't I don't believe that any of us are going to be out of a job because uh, AI learns how to write a, a, a stunning novel. No, you're right. You're right about that. And um, although if you read Death of an Author, which is 90%, 95%, by uh, Stephen, I forget his name. It's five percent by him and his lat and five and ninety five percent by um, a cohort of uh, Chat GBT, uh, mm-hmm. Pseudo Wright, and Corley. Really, I was shocked at how good it was. And that's yeah. th- these are three AIs that are in the early, you know, uh, yeah. learning stages. My God, yeah. I just made a decision right there. I'm going to double down on what comes out of my head. Because awesome. of my background, my experience, and my powers of observation, and that's what I'm going to do. And yeah, you know, if you ever want to write, I think for a traditional writer ever, a traditional publisher, yeah, yeah, you might want to be able to say, oh, oh, by the way, all this came out of my skull. None of it was, you know, <laughs> that's right. None of it was cut and pasted out of uh, Chat GPT. But anyway, yeah. I say that that way. Um, I think the other thing I think writers kind of forget is that um, besides you know, writing the best damn book they can and then making sure that their cover title and descriptions are solid is that their back matter points the reader to their next book or a review okay yeah. or a subscription to your newsletter pick one yeah right not all three not yep. all three it's pick one so yep. for my in my case what i do is after i write the end literally on the same page so there's no turning of a page there's no tindle kindle touch Right below it is um, want more Gwen, want more Marsha. Here's the next book in the series tagline genius link so that they can get it on any platform they want. Okay. And that's because that's for me. Now, and you say you're doing that on the, like the actual last page. So it's, it's, you know, the end and then right there at the bottom of the page, they've actually got that link. No, two, 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 two spaces down from the end. Another yeah. you know, return, carriage returns. I used to wow, use the awesome. carriage return, you yeah. know, down from the end, want yeah. more this, want, you know, whatever, Ta- um, tagline, and then the link. Because you got them hot, you got them fresh. You don't yeah. want to get into the, um, uh, you don't want to get into the uh, giving that right. the, uh, organization their review. Right. Them. You right. want them to buy the next book. Because yeah. if you notice after the end, the next thing it is, you go to the review thing and they, you know, you get the stars or whatever. Exactly. And you want them to get the next book. Or yes. the next thing you want is them to leave a review. You want to put that, you want to put that link right there for the review, yeah. rather than going through the gyrations that they have to right. go through with the other, you know, the BMF. Yeah. Company. So I really like that. And I want to, I want to adapt actually. So I've already, I've already done this, but I don't think I've done it as effectively as I should for Amazon. 
Um, I, I updated all of my, my books that come out of there so that there's a QR code for the accompanying audiobook. So it's the same book, but in audio that you can read it with your ears while you read it with your eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I got that because I'm diagnosed dyslexic and it's always really helped me to have the audio and the, the, you know, handheld at the same time, like kind of like story time. I read really quickly and my retention is just so much better. Um, but I put it as, uh, uh, kind of like where the praise for this book should go. And so I've noticed if you look at the preview in the book, you don't see it. You have to actually flip backwards. So I need to change that and actually have that be functionally page one so that when Amazon does the preview, that's the thing they see. The reason I really like it is not because I'm giving away an audiobook I spent four grand to produce, but because almost everybody will take you up on a free audiobook, especially if they've already bought the book. And now I have their email address. Thank you, Amazon. Mm, sweet. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah. Um, I haven't spent four grand yet for a <laughs> audio yeah. narration. Now, I yeah. will tell you on my how-to books, I have a series of how-to books related to private investigations, mm-hmm. not the field craft, you know, not how to snoop and snoop, snoop, yeah. snoop and scoop, but how to run a business of private, being a private investigator. Oh, nice. A yeah. lot of great investigators can investigate like hell, but they can't balance a checkbook. So- <laughs> Uh, I've, I wrote four books on the topic of how to launch, how to market, how to boost. And then I put the fourth book as a compendium of all four. I used Google Play's auto narrator for those books because there yeah. is no there is no interplay. There's no emotion mm-hmm. between characters. Sure. Exactly. No, no emotional engagement. And mm-hmm. if they play it just slightly above 1.0, they mm-hmm. play it 1.1 or 1.25, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. That it's auto narrated. And I was told by private investigators who have to do long driving between jobs or boring surveillances that they prefer audio because, well, they, they can't take Absolutely. their eyes off the road yeah. for what they're seeing. So I used Google Play for that. It's a 50-50 split. And uh, I cool. it worked really, really well for my house. For nice. my house. But really cool. I, I will not use auto-generated yet for um, mm-hmm. for fiction. I believe it needs to be, you know, uh, yeah. you need to have that, what you just paid for, that sort of perform- Absolutely. performance. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm, um, I'm open to the idea, I guess, I going back to earlier, I, I, I'm open to the idea that AI can outperform me, I guess, um, like John Henry and the, the steam engine. Possibly we get to a point and then I have to redefine and ask, like, what is my value in this world? If it's not telling stories, if AI can tell better stories than me, what am I going to do? I'm I'm fairly attached to my identity as as a, a writer. Um, and I have been for decades now. But I I, I do want to be open to the idea that what I think I am is maybe more than you're really getting me in a philosophical place right now. I'm just, no, I'm just questioning. So no, no, listen, yeah. I, I think that uh a writer that writes deep from deep in, within uh, yeah. will outperform uh, 10,000 monkeys trying to type uh, <laughs> yes. four hours a day. Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I apologize. I'm not a big fan of AI. Uh, I, I, I know Neither the power I. of it, and it's only going to get better, yeah. honestly. Uh, and I know that a lot of AI written books will probably read better than a lot of Trollope yeah. that's on the, on, uh, on the behemoth uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, form. Yeah, but uh, you know what? At the end of the day, I want to be able to say, yeah, it came out of my head, went on a piece of paper, I yeah. did it, no cheating. Yeah. Um, I want to take a quick pit stop, and it may be a really quick pit stop, but um, uh, can we talk about Dennis Lahane at all? Uh, let me see, Dennis Lahane. I think I know that name. 
but am I talking, am I talking about a person that wrote uh, part of um, the Left Behind series or is that Tim Lahane? That's probably Tim Lahane. So Dennis Lahane wrote uh, um, Gone Baby Gone. Uh, was made into a movie with Casey Affleck. That that's that book series that I was curious about. You haven't read it, and so we, it is a fairly quick pit stop. The reason I ask is because for people who write uh, in crime, especially detective books, um, it feels to me like one of the most important pieces of fiction that was ever written. He's actually gone on to get worse, in my opinion. And if he's listening to the podcast, I'd be willing to say it to his face. I love his book still. I read everything he writes. But he wrote um, A Drink Before the War, uh, and that entire series with Patrick and Angie, and it's it's funny, it's dark, it's very mysterious. You never know quite who's done what. The stakes are so high. There's I won't I won't ruin one of the books, but one of the characters does something that pretty much is ear like unrecoverable from, and it's the right choice, but it just ruins the character. And mm. um, like I feel so deeply when I read his work that I have have tried to to reach for that kind of impact since Dennis Lehane is not in your uh, catalog of, of authors you've read in this genre and, and similar who's that person for you who's the who's the author that you read them and you just thought got to do this oh man <laughs> uh, it's I for a private detective the stuff that Lawrence Block wrote in oh, the yeah. late, late 60s early 70s and into the 80s with uh Lauren uh with Matthew Scudder Bar none. Can't beat him. Yeah. Um, in terms of cop police procedural, I love um Michael Connolly. Yeah. Uh, I'll read everything that he writes and I'm catching up. I'm I'm up to almost the last one or the last one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> both his um Harry Bosch and his Mickey Howler series, mm -hmm. both. And there's times when those two characters are together. Yeah. Uh, we'll give that away. Um I love um the british um regional crime thrillers um i like pauline rosen's andy horton i like um uh val mcdermott's karen pity uh, she's also on um uh, they do a they do a they did a television series on her which turned me on to val mcdermott uh, yeah. then there's uh louise penny with the armand gamache series yep. I tried to find Three Pines when I drove south of uh, Montreal this summer. I, <laughs> I just had to go there, even if it was just to have yeah. a couple, uh, 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 a slice of cherry pie, and we know what that's from. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I I don't veer out of my lane much. Yeah. I like um, detective novels. I like Agatha Christie. Yeah. I I was weaned on Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that I learned more from Sherlock Holmes in, when I was a young uh, police officer than I did from really? uh, uh, the books on criminal investigation. Really? Yeah. That actually it, surprises me. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed to know that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, seriously, uh, as a student of Sherlock Holmes, um, it, it, it taught me something that the, the dry books, the dry textbooks couldn't, and that was mindset. And that was the mindset of Sherlock Holmes on how he approached his craft. And I didn't try to emulate it, of course. I didn't want yeah. to be an opium smoking, violin playing, <laughs> yeah. uh, depressive. But I learned a lot from the way he approached um, the, the study of crime. Mm 
and the study of events taking place. And I, it, it, it informed me more on mindset than it did on actual uh, tactics, yeah. for lack of yeah. a better um, Going back in the day, um, come on, Gorky Park, hmm. Martin Cruz Smith, the whole, the whole Arcady Renko series. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I read Grisham up to a point where I thought he mailed mm-hmm. one of his stories in. You know, yeah. and by the way, Grisham's never been very kind to private investigators. Really? No. Well, yeah, how he portrays them. I yeah. actually thought you were talking like in in real life, um, and maybe oh, that's sure. true too. Maybe he's a a wonderful. <laughs> he's a wonderful human being. <laughs> yeah. To make the books work, I understand they have to be thugs, ex-convicts, maybe convicts, yeah. uh, and with no morals or scruples whatsoever. So I'm just like, uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh. Laura Lippman with the uh, with the uh, yeah. Mon- S. Monahan series. Uh, I love yep. when she wrote those. Uh, so I like it was on a rotation between yeah. Bach, uh, Lippman, Connolly, um, Martin Cruz Smith, and you know, and as I would oh, my favorite writer these days, with the exception of one book, is Robert Galbraith. Uh, okay. Familiar with that writer, Robert Galt, yeah. also known yeah. as that other person. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that. You, you said that. Yeah, yeah, I can even cut it. No, so um, Stephen King just tweeted the other day that he thinks that her new book is like, I, he he was so high praise. Uh, he loves that new book. I can't think of the title of it. Um, and Trouble, I just. Uh, uh, run, Runaway Graves. Yeah, Runaway Graves. And he 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 just was so so praising it so much. Uh and and there were people on Twitter who were trying to crucify him. And I was like, I'm not gonna go, I never really go political, but this was one moment where I looked at what was happening and I thought, okay, Stephen King has has, in my opinion, ruined himself with his rage at Donald Trump. Whether whether you're a Trump fan or not a Trump fan, he's become so single-minded in his hatred of Donald Trump that it's infected all of his fiction and you no longer get these like great stories, you get these kind of moral explorations of of what it's like to be on the right side of history and I'm sad because I love 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 Stephen King. But there's this guy and he says that JK Rowling's Robert Galbraith writes a great book and Everyone that should be on his team dogpiles and they are just trashing him. And I think this is absurdity at a level where I almost want to write a, a Jonathan Swift style pamphlet, <laughs> you know, because, wow, I mean, you can't you're not allowed to like an author and not necessarily love everything that author has to say. We're like, well, it's crazy. The thing is, you know, it's it's I will say this. I don't know Squaz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Squazul about the, the kerfuffle about what the author you're talking about might have said about something. Yeah. Don't yeah. know any of that. <laughs> yeah. I just know that Cormoran Strike and Robin Ellicott make the best detective duo uh, team in modern um, wow. fiction. That's yeah. really high praise. I mean, wow. But I will tell you, I read I read them when they first come out. And I buy a hardback, which I no, don't normally do. And they're doorstops, let me tell you, thousand yeah. pages. Yeah. But I had trouble with Troubled Blood because um, the author took a chance. It was a great chance, and it really made sense, mm-hmm. but it drove me nuts. Okay. And that was the suspects were of a of a gaming community, and that every other chapter was in line conversations between 
oh, sure, sure. moderators of the gaming community. And when they wanted to take it to a private chat line, they went to a private chat line. So now you're watching two columns of conversation back and forth, like what the way you see within a game chat. Sure, yeah. Drove me nuts. Absolutely drove yeah, me nuts. Yeah. And I I couldn't I, I just but but it's a fair assessment of the book that's my own it's, and it's also a really like it's a literary swing just like you said that's actually somebody attempting to do art and and maybe it didn't work out like you'd hoped but i love to see that that's cool well go into the go into the store don't buy it go, <laughs> go into the store and see what i'm talking about and then yeah. tell me whether or not you think it's, it's worth your while or not then yeah. if it is then go ahead and buy it but for me every other chapter of the suspects i wanted to find the clues the clues were buried in those inlines Oh yeah, but I just couldn't deal with it. it so okay. I passed on it, and I'm getting ready for the next book. And okay, but I, yeah. I, I will go into Barnes and Noble, and I'll look at the next book, and I'll make sure there's none of that. <laughs> yeah, because when you have alternating chapters between the detectives and the suspects, and every other chapter is in lines. Uh, sorry, didn't yeah. work for me. Now yeah. that's not to say it wasn't bold. It wasn't to say that it wasn't avant-garde. It wasn't to say that it was groundbreaking because it was. I mean, yeah. literally, you're talking with people that live in that world. They live in the game world. They don't live mm-hmm. in reality. You know, they yeah. might walk down the street, but they're they're not here. They're in their game worlds. Mm-hmm. And I, I I heard a quote somewhere that gaming. Now, this was not a monetized game either, but gaming as monetized monetized outperforms in in dollars per and in, in money. It outperforms all of the Professional sports, yeah, NASCAR, and um, something else combined. Yeah. So it's yeah. a tremendous moneymaker. So for her to tap into that market, maybe she's trying yeah. to, to go down to a, a younger um, demographic. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense to those people that you know would read those inlines and just you know follow yeah. along like it's you know every day. Yeah, not me because I'm what not. I- a, you know? But anyway, I want to, I want to, no, no, no. I love what you're saying. And actually it triggered for me a question I've been trying to ask more authors and especially ammo authors. One of, if I had a gripe about ammo and this is getting really granular, but if I had a gripe, it would be that it's very difficult to get an audience that has some years left in them. So, um, you're, 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 you're almost dead, John. No. <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah, so there, what I'm saying is there's an no, expiration I, date printed on my ass. Yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what, what I'm saying though, is it is, it is, um, noticeable that my audience and pretty much everybody who's doing ammo is going to be the 55 plus, uh, And there are some, I guess, generalizations you could take from that age group, which is you're going to see fewer um, word of mouth campaigns starting with the 55 plus age group. Not everybody is like that, but it's just a more general thing. Um, And also you do have a you, you have less time with them. And so it's this thing. Can I catch 18 year old readers with my books? They're very appropriate for somebody who's 20, 25, anything like that. How do you catch them? Uh, what are the kinds of things that you think of? Because it, it's pointless to force Facebook to do it for us. You take what Facebook gives you and it makes you money and you're happy. Do you think about that at all? Like trying to find a, a an audience that maybe has uh, more word of mouth potential or uh, youthful or does it not matter to you? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I think about what my goals are. Yeah. And I think about um, the 
Venn diagram, uh, what is my demographic? And yeah. I am just barely scratching the surface of my demographic yes. uh, with my writing. And I, I don't need to do much more than I'm doing now to meet my success goals. And my success goals are very simple, 30 books a day. I have three series. I have, you know, a police procedural series. I have a cozy mystery series and I have a how-to series. Relatively evergreen, you know, nothing dated about them. You know, I'm not. And then I also, I have another book, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But between those, you know, it doesn't take long to sell 30 books a day. 30 books a day yeah. times 365 days a year is 10,000 books. Now, I'll tell you what, I do that every year. And there ain't, yeah. there ain't many traditional publishers, published authors that are going to be kicking my ass at that point. Now, is right. there? No, no, not at all. Uh, no. With with that in mind, um, do you want to publish traditionally at any point? Is that something that you'd want to be a hybrid author? Or is it really just the knowledge that you can do what they have done? No, I, yes, and yes, yes. And be quiet, please. My cat. <laughs> yeah. She always knows when I'm on a podcast. It's yeah. like my wife always turns on me, uh, always wants to print something off on the printer. Anyway, yeah. um, anyhow, uh <laughs> No, I am taking my present piece and I am bringing it to a, tradi a New York, tr a, a traditional New York publisher mm -hmm. strategically because it's a standalone. It doesn't have any real legs for a series. Um, how many times have we seen sequels, you know, turn out to be crap? I mean, right. this is this is a standalone. I don't think that. Um, being an indie author that I am uh, I am well served by trying to sell this book as an indie. Now, okay. possibly I, I might, I might consider a Kickstarter. Yeah. I might consider a Kickstarter. That was not even on my horizon two years ago sure. when I started writing the book. So there might be a Kickstarter, but you know what? I'm not beholden to the traditional publishers. If, right. if, if I get rejected by them, okay, 90 days from that day, I decide I've been rejected enough. Yeah. I'll, I can go, uh, I can go uh, Kickstarter with it and I won't, yep. I won't have a problem with doing so. Um, I am making a conscious money decision to publish how I publish indie mostly. Yeah. And with my standalone, this one standalone traditionally published, yeah. not afraid to say that uh, sure. if I were to, if it had been a part of a series, I wouldn't be talking to a New York publisher. I'd be talking, I would just yeah. be myself. I think that I, I think there's too many, my, my belief is that there's too many mid-list traditional published, published authors yeah. whose great work is languishing because yes. they're publishers onto the next bright, shiny object. And That's they're right. not giving those traditional, those back, that backlist to kind of love they should, you know, absolutely. My, my yeah. own opinion. So, but uh, yep. yeah, I'm not afraid to do that. I, I read a, um, the 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 treatises, I guess, for lack of a better word, by J. A. Conrath way back in the day. The, the, yes, uh, the newbie's guide to publishing. Yes, what and an amazing really... resource! If anybody's never seen it, I'll link to it in this episode because it is an unbelievably good resource. Go ahead, sorry. And no, no, and it's just as, and it's even more prevalent today because back then indie authoring was. The wild, wild west. Yeah. And I think he even wrote that before the Kindle came out. 
So now, oh my God, uh, indie author as a path, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. I would, I would definitely, I would say that first before you could try to go traditional. Um, yeah. Reason being, traditional publishers, the acquisitions editors are they don't have any clue what's going to be a home run, what's not. You know, exactly. It's, it's just as much crapshoot for them as it is for you or me. Yeah. Um, let them come knock on your door. That's really the 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 piece of gold right here is go out and be a self-published author and hustle and and you know break your back getting those books in readers' hands. And I promise you that you won't even have to deal with a literary agent. Uh, you can you can talk right to the publisher. And when it comes time to sign a contract, you just call a lawyer who understands contracts and go about your merry way. I can't disagree with you on your thoughts on that i i would get an agent though because yeah. i'm a little more interested in what my tr- foreign translations would be Ooh, merch would be baby got to get the merch <laughs> and, uh, you know what about the movie book deals and hey listen don't yep. i want this in croatian you know <laughs> absolutely so. wouldn't it be wouldn't it be fantastic to have a shelf of your own like say one book translated into 50 languages that would be a really cool conversation piece i would love that I had the opportunity a little while ago to talk with a young man who was translating a uh, an American um, mystery crime novel into Czech, which is not an easy language. And so I and he was asking me about the idioms and the things that go, you know, and what does this mean and how does that go? And it was so cool to talk to him about that because I could I could explain you know the ins and outs of it like you said Raymond Chandler and yeah how, how, what are the you know the ins and outs of that noir, but anyway I happened to be in the Czech Republic maybe a year later and I'm going down an elevator to one of their subways great subway system there by the way, and what do I see is that same book now up on the uh, up on a placard but written uh, the the the, the um, the uh the cover's the same yeah language is all in check but i recognized you know it and i said oh there it is I, you yeah know. so it was kind of neat to see that so maybe someday my stuff will be in check yeah but the other day uh i was hanging out on reddit a little bit um they have a stephen king forum that i really enjoy uh, and there was a, a Russian guy who had posted and he said, I, I think this probably belongs here. Um, and it's a picture of uh, his office and it's all of the Stephen King books uh, with Cyrillic lettering. Um, and some of them, Stephen King was actually in Cyrillic, but the majority of them, everything else was Cyrillic, but his name was Stephen King. And it, it dawned on me when I saw that that like this is where we want to be as authors i think i i can't speak for you 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 know but i think that you'll at least identify with the longing is that his name is so popular his brand is so popular that it's no longer letters that spell stephen king it's a visual you see the name like you see an image that's how popular he is and i was like that would be so cool well, I'm going to change my name from uh, John A. Hoda or J. A. Hoda to the, you know, the author formerly known as Prince, and I'll I'll use that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Isn't that great? Uh, I like I like I like Prince um, quite a bit. Oh, I've, I've read one about of the best. Him. One of the best. I'm sorry. I'm sad for his passing, but one of the best yeah. ever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's um. As far as opiates go, I think that that's a, a really. As someone who has had experience with abusing opiates at one point in my life, um, I I can say that there's an exaggeration about what heroin means to you. It's highly addictive, 
But I think there's a lot of people who think that you're weak if you enjoy that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who don't understand that you actually can be functional and be an opiate addict. I know I'm talking to a former uh, police officer and you've probably seen the worst of the worst. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. What I am saying is that Prince would have continued to give the world some really good stuff if fentanyl didn't come around. And I think I'm deeply saddened by that corruption. I don't even know how to speak about it um, coherently, but it's just, it's frustrating. Tom Petty, a lot of people uh, would still be with us. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when you legalize marijuana, you can turn yeah. it and start cranking out fentanyl south of the border. But right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, I don't make that trite because there's just too much, there's just too much death and oh, destruction based absolutely. upon the economics. Yeah, of absolutely. Drugs. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, and listen, uh, I get it. It's not a sign of weakness. It's an addiction. Yes. Anyhow. I guess my my next question would be, I want to know from you, and we can make it fairly quick. I want to hear some of the nitty gritty about um, your your budget. It sounds like you're doing a freebie funnel. Do you do a direct to sales at all? Not or, yet. Very okay. soon. Okay. okay. So you're doing you're doing a, a two different freebie funnels. Mm-hmm. I've never done the freebie funnel before. What are you spending on ad spend? And talk to me a little bit about that ad, uh, that, that structure for, for uh, listeners. Oh gosh. Well, here's the, here's the math. Let me, let me just yeah. where the bejesus out of you. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm at, I'm a, for each series. So each series, $23 a day, it was $20 yeah. a day. I just bumped it up because I'm, I'm close to benchmark on the sales awesome. page, which is 25%. Yeah. What I have to do is I have to try to lower my cost per click mm-hmm. somewhere under a dollar. It's a dollar twenty-one for one, a dollar seventy-six for the other. Oh wow! But yeah. my but my uh, click-through rates are five and a half and six and a half per- percent respectively. That's so great. They're good. Yeah. Uh, so I have to lower my cost per click and and try to raise my um, um, click through rate. My, when I go to the landing page, my landing page is around 42%. So that's really good. Um, I'm told it's very good. Yeah, uh, actually good. One's, one's hovering around 50 while the other one's a little like 38%, but sure. they're great. They're rate. They're the way they're, uh, the ratio of them is. Yeah. Uh, then we get to my sales pages, which are 25 about hovering around 25%. I'm trending yep. towards 25%. Uh, then I'm doing okay. I'm trending positively on my Shopify store where I, I went from originally like 32%. I'm up to close to 50% now. That's great. On that. But here's the thing. Um, this month, I am uh, close to exceeding ad spend with profit. But the only way that happens is when I add in my Amazon sales, which I have no other explanation. Oh, sure. For, right. I have no other explanation for that because I'm not doing any marketing. I'm not doing any Amazon ads. Yeah. So I add in my Amazon ads. Then I add in my Ingram Spark, my my uh, okay. digital. And then I, you know, it's pennies after that. But but essentially yeah. I add all that in and I'm really close. I'm, I'm that close. So what I need yeah. to do is. The biggest levers, as I or levers, depending on how you say it, <laughs> are your sales page and your click-through rate. Yeah. So, and if you can get your cost per click down a little bit more. Now, 
the only way to do that is by testing, testing, and testing new images, new uh, yep. headlines, new text. But you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're always going to duplicate your existing ad set and then add to it. Now, does yep. it, it? It might mean having two ads instead of at twenty four dollars, having two ads at twelve dollars each. But at least I can get some A/B testing there between the ads and then see which ones yeah. better. Yeah. Um, that that's my my first thoughts. As soon as I get the cost per click down to something that's more reasonable uh, and tweak out a few more percentage points on the sales page, I then will consider um, a direct sales page gotcha. for those items. But I'm also going to do in the next couple of weeks um, color uh, color block testing yep. for my how-to books. And that's going to be definitely a direct sales page. It's going to go from yes. Facebook ad and the LinkedIn ad because okay. I'm in a professional. Right. Absolutely. Professional. Yep. So LinkedIn ad, Facebook ad, and go right to the sales page. I'm not going yeah. to take them to the, um, uh, to the store. I want to take them yeah. to the sales page. And there I can sell my compendium for $19.99 email 29.99 print and 25 dollars audio so i'm going to do that nice. with my but a direct sale so i will be doing direct sale but i'm going to be testing it on my how-to so then i will have hopefully before um black friday i'll have three different series cooking you know and love it hopefully making making benchmark um yeah. we talk about benchmark a lot in um ammo yep Tell you what, I didn't even know what benchmark meant before. Mm -hmm. I know what the term meant, but sure. I didn't know what it meant in terms of uh, of having metrics before yeah. I went to ammo. Um, how did you know? Yeah, we have, exactly. We have this group that is forging benchmark for us. Best yeah. practices being forged for us. Try to do that on your own. Yeah. You know, no. So pay attention to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Ask questions, intelligent questions. Mm -hmm. um, follow the uh, the calls, the Q and A calls. No, I think yeah. it's well worth it. So yeah, um, that's where I'm going with that. Um, see what else. Uh, and how then, many, do you, do you know roughly how many impressions you get for? Uh, you said twenty three dollars a day for for the freebie funnel. So when you're doing twenty three dollars on a freebie funnel, you're doing click traffic. Is that correct? It's still you you keep it yeah. at the click traffic level. So yeah. you're paying maybe a ten to twelve cents per per impression. Ah, uh, no, a hell of a lot more than that. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Well, if I'm uh, I'm paying uh, either a, a dollar twenty one per click or dollar seventy click. Right? Yeah, so exactly. Um, you do the rest of the math. Yeah, I need to I need to pull up. So there's there's so many weird things about about Ads Manager because for example, I've had ads that have performed really well that were like yours they're dollar 30 to a dollar 50, but they convert really well once they hit the sales page. The current ad that I run, I get a ton of traffic. It costs me 70 cents per click. Um I've got a 7% click through rate. I it's, it's just a really weird exactly. It's such a weird ad. So I get a ton of traffic. Um, but I'm on my sales page, I'm converting somewhere around 9%. So when it all equals out, I'm doing well, but it's funny how each ad has this kind of significant, uh, footprint to it. What I'm wondering about is I seem to remember that on the freebie funnel, I'm trying to actually look right while I'm talking to you. So the click testing, um, was 
cost per link click was 33 cents average over all of the different ones. So is that is that about the same or are you do you have it on a different metric? Yeah, it's a different metric. Oh, yeah. Okay. What on the on the on the on the color block testing, I was yep. I was killing it at yeah. like a 12% uh click through rate yep. and uh, 23 cents per click. I mean, that's right. Great. Yeah. And then going to purchase, it went up and went up and up and up and up and, and yes. you know what? I'm uh, I've got to I've got to hone in on purchase people with intent to purchase in the Facebook ad. Mm-hmm. You've got to get more of them, and so they're just not uh, seeing the freebie and and getting blinded by the freebie. That I want them to think of the series. I want them to think about the 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 free book is just a way to get into the series that they're eventually yeah. kick the tires up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I, I. That's what I'm. 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 I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. So, will I go to direct sales for the for the two series? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. But yeah. But think of your situation, Jody. Where if you're at nine percent, just could you imagine if you tripled that to twenty seven percent? Right. Exactly. With that's with the same ad spend. Woo! Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You'd be cooking with gas at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think that uh, the biggest lever is the sales page. I, I learned that not the hard way, but here I got I got two tips for you before we leave. Yeah. And we can keep talking as long as you want, but the two tips I have for you, the first tip is what Steve gave me, Steve Piper, the author yep. of that, gave me personally um, two weeks ago. And that was look at your stuff on your own cell phone. Don't do it through unbalanced That's right. Yeah. Look at it and look how it, things line up on your own cell phone and then go back and make the changes so that it looks right. When I did that, it was the biggest move from having an amateurish looking site where I was mm-hmm. asking people to give me 20 bucks or 16 bucks to mm-hmm. a professional looking site that everything lined up right, everything was spaced right, everything yeah. fl- flowed right. And then there was the, the matter of the verbiage that brought the people, you know, along, along, along down to the buy button. Yeah. That was important. Um, here's something else I want to tell you. When you look in Facebook, put on notifications so that you see your notifications. And what you're going to see, this is a really good tip. When you see your notifications, you're going to see people liking your ads. Okay. You hover mm-hmm. over there. There are a lot, the like. Mm-hmm. And that lists out everybody there yeah. likes your ads. Now, here's the kicker. You can click on that, and then it brings up an opportunity for you to invite them to your, yeah. your, Facebook, uh, to your Facebook profile page, your author profile. Yeah. Okay, that, so you click on them, and then, then you start growing your Facebook author page like crazy. And that's where your newsletter yeah. can go, like the way I showed you with the um, yeah. browser window from Clavio. Now, here's the fun part. Anybody that says something nice about that ad, mm-hmm. I have it in my notes where I say, thank you very much. I appreciate your comment. If you're yeah. interested in the series, here's the link. You know, So you give them the bundle series. Yeah. Oh, you might like my cozy mysteries, but hey, did you know that I also write police procedurals? Give them that link in a reply. These are people that are saying, saying things to me as the author, yeah, right? In my Facebook 
And what am I supposed to say? Oh, enjoy. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, that's great. You know, Lottie, mm -hmm. oh, wonderful. I, I, I love the adulation. Oh, wonderful. No, yeah. you offer them value because let's face it. If we're decent writers, we have a good, you know, percent, mm -hmm. uh, good, like 4.5, 4, 4.6 on your Amazon reviews. You're offering them value. And if you're offering them the bundle, it's you're getting it for cents on a dollar. Offer them that if they've already shown an interest, either in, you know, your, you know, your one series or your other series, whatever. And yeah. I'm telling you, I'm fine. I'm getting sales from those names because I see those names now that I've just said something nice to mm -hmm. email and a Facebook reply. Next morning I wake up, there's a cha-ching. I look yeah. that person. I gave the nice little cut and paste from my, my notes into, into a reply. Genuine, you know, make something yeah. genuine to be start with and for them, the off uh, offers. And then what happens? Um, I get a cha-ching. Wow. Hey, yeah. you know, just from what? From 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 looking at my notifications every day and seeing who's saying thank you or I'm going to love this series or this is great. I like this or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. And they, they're also make for great quotes, too. Yeah. I a person in a Facebook um, say to me in a, in a reply, say, if I had known that the free book was so good, I would have bought it. And I'm enjoying hmm. the rest of the series. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a really good testimonial uh, to, to to use for your page at some point if you aren't already. I am. <laughs> that's a really so good I'll one. I'll give that tip because, you know, it's it's money on the table. But if you think about it, you know, Clavio, um, email funnels, replying to people. This is, this is contact with actual warm people. Yeah. Something that you don't have the opportunity with when you're only dealing with the uh, the online stores, yeah. right? Only it's only there. So I'd say take advantage of it, go after it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of anything else I might be able to say, but uh, biggest thing, of course, Steve not harps on this, but he talks about it a lot is mindset. Yeah. Uh, I, I say that he's absolutely right. Um, I think some people are maybe are looking for a magic bullet, and mm -hmm. there is no magic bullets. There, there are no JFK would disagree with you, but <laughs> no, um, that's, what a I, what bad, I, that's a bad, that's a bad, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I guess what I think about it is that as close as anything is to too good to be true, I think that's what ammo is. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I paid for several other programs that, that said that they could provide these amazing results. And uh, it didn't take me very long inside of those programs to realize that there was a whole lot of people saying, rah, rah, shishkumba, but there wasn't a whole lot of step-by-step. -step. You you mentioned this early in the podcast that what Steve does that pretty much nobody has done before is do these things and this will be the outcome. Um, my wife and I will talk a lot about, about um, there's no, there's no guarantees in life. Um, and, and this is true of, of things like cancer, you know, one treatment will work for one person and not another, but right. in so far as anything can work for a self-published author, ammo is the first thing I've ever seen where if you follow the steps, you will have the success, the caveat, and it's not even really a caveat. It's, it's, it's a mindset. Like you said, is you have to be willing to change anything that gets in the way that might be your cover art it might be your first chapter needs rewritten it might be 
all kinds of different things. And that that might hurt because you might think my book is too precious to, to put under surgery, right? I, yeah, you're, you're shaking your head. I agree. Whatever it takes, because I want the readers. I'm not a sellout. I just understand that if it's not doing what I want it to do, anything is on the table. So you see all this handwritten stuff on this? Yeah. Yes. It's a manuscript page. It's an eight, eight and a half by 11 or eight by 11 and a half, whatever piece of, you know, typewritten paper. All the scribbles on it. See all the scribbles on it. That's my first chapter. And that was what I learned from my critique group last night. Oh, beautiful. And I got got six pages of notes like crazy. So that's fantastic. You know, they told me the most important thing they told me was that it didn't suck and they (laughs) they wanted to turn the next page. Everything else I could fix. So I am yeah. rewriting my first chapter over this weekend. Beautiful. Now, was I so, you know, write the best damn book you can. I said that from the beginning. Yeah. And if I get a critique group to tell me, you know, give me the steps how to do it. Earlier, what you were saying was the ammo is scalable, replicable, but it also gives you measurements. Yes. Whereas the other courses don't give you the methodology to scale and replicate right. or measure. Now, that being said, I would not have been ready for ammo probably the way you would not have been ready for ammo unless you had gone through those other courses. You had to go yeah, through the wilderness to, to, to hack a, with your machete a little bit before yep. you could get to the clearing where you could say, okay, now I, I, the thing about it was when I first received a sales pitch, you know, for ammo, like we all did, yeah, it made sense because. I had been in the wilderness and now I was in the clearing and I could see it. But had I not had the experience in the wilderness, I wouldn't have known about the clearing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's that way of thinking about it. Now, can somebody skip the wilderness and go right to ammo if they have the right mindset? Yep. If they, if they don't have the right man, mindset, it's just another bright, shiny object. They spend a lot of money on. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you know, Hey, um, you put the work in, and, you're, and it's going to pay off. This is, mm-hmm. it, it's just as important to me as my actual writing because yeah, I want to write the best damn book I can. I want to, I want to have 10,000 books sold a year. Uh, I want to get that engine chugging down the tracks and yeah. I want that to be my, I don't want to say my legacy, but then if uh, say this traditionally published book blows up and goes well, fantastic. If it doesn't, I still have. I'm still selling more than the traditional midlister, traditionally published yeah. midlister. Right, exactly. Which I'm, yes. I'm satisfied with um, yeah. this. This right here, it's the beginning of another trilogy. So, you know, uh, for me, it's like okay, yeah. uh, I'm just going to keep writing. Uh, nothing's yeah. going to slow me down. Uh, yeah. I, I pay attention to the Facebook posts every day on on our group. Uh, I click, I, I click on those likers. I love those likers. I just <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else? And, well, so and- second to last question for me yeah. is one of them is I want to know, do you care about format? Do you have like a special connection to paperback? Do you like your hardbacks? Uh, or are you completely content to sell all of them as eBooks? Um, what, what is your feeling about that? Cause I, I noticed in myself that um, the, the paperback sales I get always feel realer to me, um, even though they're not the ones that that pay the bills. Nope. Yep. Um, I, I think that, well, I can tell you that uh, my interest groups are those I go through, I put in the interest groups, 
e-reader, Kindle, yeah. Kobo, um, Nook, mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. I mean, I, I do that, 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 that. I do that. So yeah. I, am, I am telling Facebook, hey, I want people that are e-readers. Now, yeah. um, I like the way uh, I just had Bookfall do all of my print books. Nice. Love it. Loved, yeah. I loved the texture. I loved the feel. I loved the, the mat. I loved everything about it. Yeah. And they're also going to be doing my my uh, bundling for me too on on, That's on great. books. So I'll be offering paperback bundles mm-hmm. and paperbacks. I'll be offering the bundles on my sales pages, but I'll also yeah. be offering paperbacks in my store. Um, hard hardbacks. Less so. Mm, nah. They're tough. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd be happy just with. You know those those two things. You know, paperback yeah. and oh, and then of course, if I, I make enough money, if I'm doing that ten thousand books a year, I will pay for a professional narration. Yeah, I already know who the narrator is. But I just have to, awesome. Yeah, um, Lorelai King from uh, she okay. does Stephanie uh, Plum novels for Janet I- Ivanovich. She's oh, also wow. been on, she's also been uh, on the um, I think on the Joanna Penn Creative Pen podcast. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just love the way she does. Yeah. You, uh, you, you think of it similarly to me. That's, and that's why I paid as much as I did. And you might will probably pay that much, if not more um, for, for someone who's reading for Janet. Um, but yeah, that, that when you hear the voice of your character, you just know it. You're like, this is exactly how I want this to sound. Um, and audiobook readers are, are unbelievable. They're so great. Uh, for everybody who's listening, tell them how to find you, where to find you, um, and the best way to connect with you. Oh, boy. Uh, that's easy enough. Uh, johnhoda.com. And it's john at j-o-h-n-h-o-d-a.com. Very simple. Uh, more than happy to talk to anybody about it. Anybody stuck on anything, give them a little advice. Tell them what to avoid, all the mistakes I made. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, hey. As I said in my how-to books, uh, this isn't a, you know, I went to bat and I, and I hit a grand slam home run, you know, first yeah. time to bat. It was, you know, learn from my mistakes, learn from all the things I did wrong so you can avoid them yourself. And here's how mm-hmm. we fix that, you know? Yeah. It is. That's what, this, that's what success is about. It's learning yeah. from your failures. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I enjoyed it a ton. I mean, you just, you really surprised me out of the gate with all of your knowledge and your, your just openness to this whole process. Um, you, you struck me immediately as one of the the best open-minded people to the program. And it's, it's why you've had the good success and it's worked well for you. So um, I, I look forward to keeping in touch and I think I'm going to be reading your books pretty soon. So. All right. Well, yeah. And you know where to get the bundles. I mean, you know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I, I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about this. This is my second career. Uh, my, yeah. my um, investigative career is now in the rearview mirror, Jody. Yeah. Um, I had my last, big case just a month ago. Uh, I was there at nine o'clock at night outside of um, Tresh- Cheshire Correctional Facility when uh, a relatively young man walked out of prison after uh, 26 years of incarceration. So I was there because he was supposed to be doing a 52-year bit, and I was able to help him with his investigation and get him out uh, of wow. jail. Wow. And that was kind of like the cherry on top of... Uh, yeah the uh, whipped cream on top of the Sunday for my career, my previous career, but my new career is writing. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the same excitement about uh, best practices towards it. And I'm working just as hard as I did before, if not harder. Um, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So maybe that came across through the interview. So anyway. I absolutely did. Yeah, you, you, you've got so much enthusiasm. Um, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening? <laughs>